Hey everybody, it's uh, Kevin here with Before I Forget, and uh, as always, I have my uh, uh, co-host, the guy who always wears the San Francisco 49ers hat, even though they lost, Tyree okay. Brown. Say hi, Tyree. Hey, Tyree. <laughs> hey, uh, today we have a special guest with us. Um, actually, I say that all the time. All of our guests are special. I really do mean that. Um, but this guy, um, really great storyteller, uh, has a really interesting uh, background in the military. Um, I'm going to let him tell a little bit more about himself. Uh, Matt Stryker. Go ahead, man. Okay. Well, so you want me to just start like from regular army all the way to now, or just just military stuff? I mean, whatever, man. Just, you can say whatever you want to say. Um, just a quick introduction, though. You know what I mean? We're gonna get into things. So, like two minutes. You can take as long as you want, honestly. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, my name's Matt Stryker. Um, that's actually not the name that I was born with. I changed my last name when I got married. Like both my wife and I had really boring last names. Uh, and we we're like, why would she take my name? Or, you know, we do some like hyphenated horse shit. Let's just come up with something that we think is cool and go with that. So, Striker is actually cool. I fucking I was that. actually kind of wondering, even when I saw your name, I was like, fucking Striker, dude. That's a kind of a rad name. It's a dope name. It was her idea, really. Like, it wasn't even my idea. It was Striker was hers. Yeah. I was trying to go with Batman for a while just because I thought it would be the most hilarious thing that people would be like, Mr. Batman? Yeah. Have you I, seen, I, I have you seen the, the, the TV show The League? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Chalupa Batman, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jason, was it Matt? Matt's whatever his last name is. That dude, you know who I'm talking about, Rafi. Mm. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. the best on there. Anyway, okay, so back to the actual question that you asked me. Uh, so I joined in '03, uh, two weeks out of high school. I went to be a scout. Well, initially I was going to be an intel analyst because I got like a 93 on the ASVAB. Um, like, you can be whatever you want. Uh, and I got in that MEPS office and they fucking tricked my ass. Uh, so I was a scout for four years. I did one deployment to Iraq. Uh, and during that deployment, I reclassed to become a 15 Tango. And then I found out about the 160th, which is Special Operations Aviation Regiment. It's we're the guys who take operators to targets. Um, so I went and I did that from 07 to close to the end of 2010. Uh, I got out. I was an aircraft mechanic for a minute. Uh, I went and I got a bachelor's in aerospace engineering, started doing software work. Uh, I got my master's in aerospace engineering a couple of years ago. Uh, and now I do aircraft simulation work. Dang. Yeah. So that's a lot of really cool things. Minus the, the cab scout. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Bro, that so, video they had, man, it was so good compared to the other ones. And like, I'm a dumbass 17 year old kid. Like it was 2002 when I signed up. Yeah. Like everybody's like super pumped. Uh, you know, 9-11 happened. We're like, we're going to get those fuckers. And I yeah. get it. Like, you want to do this? And he's got like the, I mean, I've already told the story on TikTok, but it's like, there's a guy up in a tree with a fucking Barrett 50 cal just shooting rounds off. There's a dude in a dune buggy with a Mark 19. Like he's driving and shooting the Mark 19 at the same time, just doing donuts in the desert. And they show a Bradley tank going off of a jump <laughs> and off is the key part. They don't show it landing and all the track fucking exploding off. Um, there's just like, the music was super cool. Like metal guitar in the background, and you were fucking God. sold, dude. That got me so hard. I was like, Of course, I'm gonna do that. I'd be an yeah. idiot not to do it, dude. They did the same thing to me, man. So, we, we uh, I, we both joined in 01, and uh, so I joined like like May of 2001. I graduated infantry oh, OSA uh, September 14th, 01, so like three days after 9 11. But like I go to the recruiting office, I go I go to MEPS or I go take my ASVAB, do my testing and all that stuff, and I come back and they gave me a list of things. I don't remember what my ASVAB score was, but it wasn't a ninety three because I'm not smart. Um, <laughs> but they were like they tried they were, they were really trying to push thirteen Mike, mm-hmm. um, and I was like nah. I had a buddy of mine drop out of high school, get his GED, and went in eleven Bravo. 
And I was like, I want to do 11 Bravo. He said, you shoot machine guns and you roll around in the dirt and you do all kinds of cool shit. So that's, that's the stuff that I want to do. Roll around like, the dirt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Um, you roll around the dirt? No, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, so I, I went I went infantry, but they showed me the video of of like, and I swear to God, like they were rangers or whatever the hell, like clearing rooms and like, you know, busting down doors and doing this and doing that. And I'm like, that's the shit that I want to do. Flashbangs and all kinds of cool shit. And then yeah. so we'll go infantry and then we ended up going to Kosovo in 02 and it was definitely not any of that. We went to Iraq in 04, finally got to do some cool guy stuff or, you know, a yeah. relative to our MOS. But I mean, that was like, uh, 04 was Abu Ghraib. Like that's right before the, the ROE swapped. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah we were the, the, the wild west. It was, um, yeah. it was the, the, the good time to be there. Um, in, in terms of survivability, spiciness, yeah. not hamstringing you. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't have a lot of, man, we got authorized. Uh, we had, we, so we, Intel supported it too, but we, we, you know, we, we got notified of like spotters, right? People that would like wave at us and we're like, oh, they're just being friendly. And then next thing you know, there's an ambush happening like on the opposite side of them or whatever. And so Intel was like, actually, these guys are, um, they're spotters for whenever you guys are in position there to initiate the ambush. And so they were like, shoot them. I thought you were my bros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they told us, go ahead and just fucking shoot them. Yeah. We're like, excuse me, like shoot people that are waving at us. That's oh, a, dude. Uh, I was just passing out person. MREs to these people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I have an interesting story about the MREs. Well, it's super short, but like uh, the first FOB that I went to was FOB Charlie in Al Hilla in, uh, in Iraq. And it was like a, a multinational FOB where we had Mongolians doing Tower Guard. We had like Polish dudes doing patrols. There was, uh, I think, Canadians there. And there was like three other, like it was just a conglomerate of a bunch of different people. Uh, but the Mongolians apparently were not allowed outside the gates because Iraqis and Mongolians hate each other. And the Mongolians would shoot anybody that got on their roof. So like, you throw a Frisbee on a roof, kiss that fucker goodbye because you're not getting up there. Um, and those dudes would try and steal our weapons, too. Like, you'd be taking a shit and you'd have your, your M4 propped up against the door. And you just see this arm, like, dart in and try and take your shit. The fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Seriously, like, the Mongolians were nuts, man. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even know the Mongolians were over there doing stuff. Yeah, I think, I mean, they left. So we closed down Charlie, uh, like April-ish of 06 and went up to FOB Falcon. Um, but like, as soon as we closed FOB Charlie, like Al Hilla went nuts and became like this hotspot for activity. But I think the Mongolians actually bounced at that point, but you know, this is for nuts. So when you were, um, when you were, when you were scout, did you, you deployed, uh, in that MOS? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I know you deployed as, as 160th. Can you, can you kind of talk about like the differences, um, like the, the tempo and just the overall mission, um, and just, the uh, you know, like the, like just standard living day-to-day living, um, the differences between a scout and then being a pilot in 160th or yeah. Crew chief. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, that's a huge question though, right? Like, so there's, there's like three different questions in that one question. Uh, like, so the video that you found of mine uh, talked a lot about the mission set and the ROE. But I mean, like the missions, they were just, they were the stupidest fucking missions. Like uh, when we went out to Al Hilla, we were in Fob Falcon, we would just drive around. We saw like barely no activity out there. So that's why we ended up closing down Charlie and going up to Falcon. Uh, but as soon as we went up to Falcon, we go up there and we replace these guys. Uh, and I remember being like next to a briefing that my commander was having with the, the commander, the people we were replacing. And he was pointing at a map and he was like, don't go here. Don't go here. Don't walk through here. Sure as shit. Don't fucking drive through here and don't talk to these people. And my commander's like, 
pussy. So we did all of that shit. We immediately lost four Bradleys. We lost every single Humvee that we had. Uh, and then we got new Humvees and we lost half of those. So it was just like, we kept going out to this place called Arab Jabor and just getting our shit pushed in because like all of the, all the grass and stuff in the Tigris River Valley are like right next to the Tigris River. It's like fucking Vietnam, dude. You can't see anything. Yeah. So these dudes would just like, we would hear the, the mortars pop off and it's just like a little boom. And you'd be like, fuck. And like, if it hit close, you'd displace. If it hit far away, you'd be like, okay, chill for a sec. If you hear it again, like you try and figure out where it's coming from. Uh, like initially we were trying to like displace and like flank the enemy and do all the fucking cool army shit. But eventually we just started, started shooting in a fucking 360. Uh, and those dudes would chill out after that. Just like people shooting like two or fours off, just like just in any direction that you thought it was coming from. Uh, and especially if that happened when, um, so we would like, we'd lose a truck. So we're driving on canal roads. These dudes would put an IED in. They'd cook a truck like in the middle of the convoy. So like one half is on one side, the other half is on the other side. Um, and we'd have to get the the guys out to come recover us. And the guys that came out to recover us were the most trigger happy people that I ever worked with in my life. And as soon as they started firing, it was like, it was like trying to stop an orgasm. Like these guys would just, they keep going. Like it would end eventually, but it had to go its course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody was covering their sectors of fire. Like somebody would start shooting off to the east and everybody would turn their shit off to the east and just start blasting away. Um, but yeah, so that's the, the, the missions were just like unorganized mm -hmm. chaos in the general area of Arab Jabor where all these people really didn't want us there. Uh, and everything that we did was absolutely fucking useless. Yeah. And the ROE was, oh, sorry. No, no, it reminded me like when we first got over there in 04, that, that was kind of the guidance that was given out to um, at least the headquarters element. Uh, we were, so we were mechanized. We had Brad's and um, our headquarters, they were in up armors. And our first contact ever, um, and Tyree, I think you were with uh, first squad, right? So you were, you were walking during this. Yeah. I was in the, I was in, I was an RTO. So I was in the Humvee, but like we had an, we had a platoon of Abrams with us and um, tank ran over a landmine or an IED or something, <clears throat> blue track, blew off a couple of roll wheels. And so the initial boom, right? The headquarters element is up there with the tanks and they were apparently told fire in a 360, just shoot it in, in, in indiscriminately um, in yeah. all directions. Yeah. We didn't well, make that we, shit up then. Like it's just, we yeah. were doing it. <laughs> yeah. We, we, so we were, my, um, uh, my element, so we, I was in a Humvee and then Tyree was on the ground or first squad was on the ground about a hundred meters behind where this gun truck was firing. So he was like shooting at us. So we had tracer fire. We're like, holy fuck, <laughs> we're getting shot at. Holy yeah. fuck, it's tracers. That. Do the yeah. bad guys have tracers? When you start doing tracers? the math. What the fuck? Yeah. So like our first contact, my first time to get shot at was friendly fire. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't get hit. Yeah. 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 You you were so, saying you're saying like uh, everything was real fucked up out there. How was the morale for you guys? You guys have to keep going on these missions. You keep losing oh, these vehicles. It's absolute dog shit. Uh, you know, like you know, being in the army, like you just embrace the suck, right? So you know everything's gonna suck and. If it sucks more, you're like, well, you know, I don't know what the fuck I expected. Yeah. So, like, we would just, it was nice when you would go out on a patrol and you wouldn't get shot at or blown up. So, you'd be like, all right, today was a pretty good day. I'm going to go back and play my PS2 in my fucking makeshift barracks room mm -hmm. and watch some bootleg movies. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, it's, you, you just have to keep going. Like, you, you can't, like, 
you can't quit, obviously. So there's no other option but to push through. And I think that's, you know, that's the strength of the military is that it teaches you that you have to push through. Like there's no, you're able to overcome shit. That's just absolutely awful. Yeah, yeah. man. And I'll tell you, you know, the, the, the level of resiliency <clears throat> from then to, to now in, in our troops, um, and I mean, I, I maybe deployed is a little different, but resiliency, like it, there's, there's a need for MRT, the master resiliency trainer, trainer, um, yeah. th- that, that came out a couple of years ago where they have this person go to the school and they teach you about how to become more resilient. But, um, you know, yeah, it's kind of like Seer school. That shit will teach you. <laughs> did you go to Seer? Yeah. Oh, we had cool, man. I tried questions. to do the online course. Oh on yeah. J- on JKO. <laughs> that was too hard. They just hard played to. fucking Yoko Ono at you. <laughs> <laughs> it was too hard, man. I couldn't handle it. Full yeah. blast. I, I get it. <laughs> cold chairs, you know, no. Uh, so then, so, so then, uh, now life, uh, you know, as, as a crew chief in the 160th on deployments, yeah. you know, like how was the, the comparison? Well, I mean, it's just, it's so much better. Like it's so much better, but it's also so much worse as far as like just the, the volume of shit you have to do in special operations, because you are literally training or you're deployed. And that's the only two things that you're doing. You get like, you know, I think I went on leave once the, the entire time that I was at the 160th. Uh, and that was actually to get engaged. And then I was like, fuck, I need to get out of this. Um, but basically, uh, we had a set of hours that we would be awake. Uh, and sometimes it would be day. Sometimes it would be night. Like we're the night stalkers, but you know, sometimes we swapped cycles and went into days. Um, so you'd wake up, you'd go do a daily on the aircraft. which was just like a general inspection. Um, if there was any sort of maintenance that you had to do, you'd do that. Um, but the whole time you're waiting on a set of messages that are either like, get to the briefing room or get to the flight line. Uh, and it's usually like get to the briefing room. We think a thing is about to pop and then get to the flight line and we're wheels up in 10 minutes out to the target. Um, and then like when you're out there, it's just like pistol whipping a blind kid, dude. Like we had so much more firepower than any of these guys. Pistol whipping. That I was going to say, um, it must've been like fucking shooting turkeys in a barrel out there. Dude, it was, it was, it's the best. It's literally the best when you like, <laughs> okay, I know you guys went over all those rules and I'm like, wank. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm over nine, like pistol up in a blanket. Like, <laughs> but those dudes are out there doing fucked up shit. Like you got them like dead to rights all day. Like, yeah. Come I mean, on. Most of the time, the guys out in Afghanistan had fucking brass balls. So like they, they marched happily into their death, which was, yeah, pretty impressive compared to like the guys in Iraq. Like the guys in Iraq were real squirrely. Dudes and I didn't do that Afghanistan just like. So I'll tell a story that I haven't told yet. Um, I got a message that says my internet connection is unstable. Hopefully, it doesn't go sideways. Yeah, um, your video is being a little wonky, but there it is. There it goes back. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So we were out on a mission where the operators were hitting like a house or something, um, and. What we do is we, you know, you either drop guys off a certain distance away or you drop them like right on the target. Um, but we were we were at the target. We were doing circles, like lazy circles, and that's usually what you do unless you're engaging a target because if you do tight circles, you're pulling G's and it fucking sucks. Uh, so you're just you're there waiting for something to happen. And as we're doing it, I like this is during the day. I look off and I see this guy like walking back. Um, it was like a shed looking thing, like a place where you would put a tractor. He was walking back to get his tractor. And I thought like, Oh, he's going out to his field to do some shit. And this dude's just real calm about it. 
going back to his tractor. He pulls off a tarp. He hops on the tractor and he starts driving it towards us. And then I look at the thing. And there's a fucking anti-aircraft gun on the tractor. And it's just a guy with this massive gun slowly rolling towards the target that we're at. Like, I'm just going to go over here and, you know, help out. Like the fucking balls on this guy. So like we went over and just like, wait, wait, took care of him. Um, but it was, it was so fucking amazing. Cause it's like, it, it wasn't at night. He wasn't being surreptitious in any way, shape or form. He just like fucking Conor McGregor strolling over to his goddamn anti-aircraft gun thinking he was going to come take us out. Wait until they see this shit. I know it's so nuts. I mean, and that's like one of several stories of, of that deployment where guys just amazingly stupid and ballsy. I mean, I, I've always kind of thought that about the, the Iraqis that we were fighting or whoever we were, I mean, we, there was intel that said they were Syrian or Saudi, but whatever. Um, those dudes, I mean, so you were mechanized infantry, right? Like the, the you know what the Bradley is equipped with. Yeah. And then we had a platoon of Abrams tanks with us, um, yeah. four of them. And then four up armored Humvees, right? And that was just our company. Sometimes we roll in larger elements. Yeah. And for these dudes, and that always blew my mind, like night operations, these guys would come out, run out into the middle of the street in their in their in their favorite fucking flip flops <laughs> and just start fucking you know, dumping rounds at us with their their AK. Yeah. Knowing our capabilities, right? Like yeah. why? Like, do you really believe in what you're what in what you're in your cause like this much? Like He's fucking ready to go. He's tired of living. Ballsy. He's tired of living, man. His favorite flip flops, man. They all had those favorite flip flops. Yeah, mm-hmm. the old uh, Air Jerusalems. Air Jerusalem. <laughs> Air Jerusalem. Yeah, you beat me to it. Yeah. I want to steal that one, dude, for sure. I stole that from Tyree, actually. Okay. Well, <laughs> he first said that shit like twenty years ago. It's, there we it's go. wild, man. They they uh, fucking loaded up. They're out there, fucking AJs in the street, flip flopping <laughs> with that fucking RPG on the shoulder, shooting personnel RPGs at fucking Bradleys, like it's gonna do anything besides knock the paint off. Oh, dude, we had, uh, did you guys have the, what the fuck is it even called? It's like the, the extra armor on the Bradley that was supposed to like repel. Yeah. The reactive the armor, armor the, yeah. the explosive, the reactive armor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We put reactive armor on all of our brads, took one of them out. And then the next day it got cooked by an IED. Like it just like caught on fire from underneath and then cooked off all of that armor. And we had spent oh, like shit. the whole day just sweating our dick off, putting all this stuff on. We're like, yeah, we're going to get these fuckers now. It's like first day out, just mm. no, we never. So our brads, they definitely took rounds. They took IDs, but they never hit any one of those blocks. Um, like never, like, I don't think any of them, um, side skirt only. Yeah. Side skirts. Uh, I don't even think, I don't think any of our Bradleys were, were taken down by IEDs. Like, I don't think we lost any of our brads. Well, uh, we had I'm glad we lost them because they were a fucking pain in the ass to drive around on canal roads and riding in those. <laughs> no, I would much rather be walking on those roads than riding in anything. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was happy that the Bradleys. I mean, you, a Bradley in an urban environment where where buildings are made out of like you know like caked mud. Like, it, come on, yeah, yeah. In an urban road. environment where you were at, I was on the fucking river in canal roads, and like that was just no, yeah. Not good at all. No. I was going to say, no. uh, the, using the Bradleys around where we were in particular, like, even though we were in a shitty country, shout out to Iraq, uh, so, to some Iraq. of the, some of the streets were, you know, well enough for our vehicles to fit through. And it was, it was pretty yeah. cool until we hit the neighborhoods and the thousands of power lines and we, all that kind of shit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild huh. stuff. We did. Oh, have- I was going to tell you a, a quick service. So you, 
you said earlier, we gave those guys MREs. Uh, we used to give like half of our MREs, like the shitty ones. We would like toss half of them to kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when we were still at Fob Charlie, like we would drive around to go like listen to mosque messages and go do like sweat assessments mm-hmm. on towns. But uh, one time we were driving through a town and we kind of got like semi mobbed by kids. Uh, and I threw with this kid half of an MRE. And then I saw this dude like peek out from behind a corner and wait till we were mostly gone. And then as soon as he thought that we couldn't see him, he walked out and just fucking decked this kid in the face and took the MRE. Mm. I was like, well, I'm not doing that again. Shit. Got that kid's lip busted over a fucking ate his lunch, dude. <laughs> Literally two different ways. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, so we had a, 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 Oh my God. I can't talk. A detainee center on Brassfield and their, the, the, the favorite MRE of the detainees was the, uh, the jambalaya. Oh, they, they, they ate the fuck out of that one. It was a good one, right? Yeah, it was a good one. And then <clears throat> they got a detainee who apparently spoke English and could read English and was reading the ingredients and jambalaya has pork in it. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> so yeah, the, 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 the guards working that place had, they didn't even think about it. They were just like fucking give yeah. them a Murray. You know what I mean? And Oh my God, there was an uprising. They were like pissed, fucking oh, no. pissed. I never saw but, that before. Like I, I know like for a fact, if we ever passed out, MREs in sector, they were the mm-hmm. green ones because every now and then we got those, or we mm-hmm. would throw them like individual bits, like here's the fucking crackers. I wouldn't toss some fucking pork because you know that's a little fucked yeah. up, but Skittles, things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely the charms, but yeah. you know, good luck with that. You shit. know, they you know, they sell those at uh, Cracker Barrel in hell. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I, I, um, so I'm, I'm. I reserve real start now. And um, last year I did a full cycle at Leonard Wood and I went to Cracker Barrel there in like Waynesville, St. Robert, whatever it is. And uh, they had charms there. So I bought a couple. Right. And I, I took them out. We were actually going to the field that, that uh, following day for their final FTX. And so I brought those charms out and I just strategically placed them in the cough. And um, all the drill sergeants that I worked with had no idea what they were. I had never heard of them. What? I was like, how the fuck? Cause they don't have them in MREs anymore. And and uh, so the the first one was like, who the fuck brought these charms out here? I'm like, that's how I know you're old. <laughs> mm-hmm, but all these new drills, man, had never heard of them. Like, those are bad luck. And they were sitting there fucking eating them and shit. Like, oh, you don't want to do that. That's bad. That's a bad juju right there, man. <clears throat> you introduced it to the group, though. You yeah, were hoping that yeah. they were going to be like, oh, get this shit the fuck out of here. And instead, they're like the green ones are the best ones. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm that guy. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just whatever. Your reserve, your reserve drill sergeant. How does that work? So, um. We have our normal drill weekends, and typically we, you know, we do all the, the, the typical admin stuff. We do training, like last drill we did IED defeat lanes. Um, we train our candidates to get ready to go to the drill starting school, so we make sure that they know their modules, that they can do PRT, they can do DNC, make sure their packets are good to go. And then for our oh, annual packets. training, of course, you guys are still using paper. Jesus fucking Christ. Well, now the now yeah, the army is actually going to this new new th- system called IPS A, and um, and it's supposed to do away with all paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just learned that last night, actually. Um, but uh, so it's supposed to do away with all paper, leave forms, everything. And yep. it's all going to be done through there, centralized, which is great uh, when they get it up and running. Shout um, out to Major Jax. Right. <clears throat> um, yeah. Shout out to Major Jax. Um, but 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 uh, for our annual training, um, we're assigned to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. And so we go up there and we backfill the active duty drill sergeants. And typically it's three weeks, 21 days. Um and then sometimes we get the option to do uh, long tours. We call long tours. So it's the full cycle. And then occasionally we'll get options to um, 
to mobilize for a year and we'll go to Fort Leonard Wood or one of the other uh, training sites. But yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty easy, pretty chill. Um, when you say a cycle, you mean like, uh, one iteration of basic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So last year I was up there for almost three months and I was able to do a full nine week cycle to, from, from pickup to graduation. Yeah. I was basic different now, man. Uh, nine day. Um, so I've been a drill sergeant since 2008. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I got my hat when I was shit, 25, 26 years old. And uh, my first time on the trail will last for a year in 2009 into 2010. So I, I went to basic in 01 for infantry OSIT. I was back in basic training as a drill sergeant in 2009. And then my last cycle was 2022. So it's a long range of, of yeah. the, the changes. And, you know, you know how it was when we went through, uh, you went to Knox, right? And you were, you were combat arms. And so you probably got fucking hammered daily. Right. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, all I remember out of it. Right. Yeah. And, and you were OSIT too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're just getting hammered constantly, like smoked left and right. You're not sleeping. Uh, you're given like fucking 13 seconds to eat all of your fucking food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doing KP, it just, you know, miserable. In 2009, I went down to Fort Sill for a year and the army had implemented, um, you know, you, you trainees will get seven hours of sleep. Um, seven. Will not, yeah. Seven, oh, seven, wow. seven consecutive uninterrupted hours. Consec- motherfucker. What? Mm-hmm. Who's pulling fire guard? I was going to, I was just well, about to ask that. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the one. So fire guard is still a thing, right? So that's the one thing like you have to get up and do fire guard. Uh-huh. But like, I remember I'm, when I was in basic training, we had to do fire guard and suicide watch. Yeah. Right. So you're sleeping for an hour. You get up to fire guard. You go to sleep for an hour and a half. You get up and do fucking suicide watch. You go to sleep for an hour. You get up for PT. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I mean, you, you were, were lucky if you got one shift of fire guard in my, in my basic, like that, that was a good night. If you got one, usually you yeah. get two. Yeah. Right. So now, so back in, that was in 09 when they started implementing all that stuff. They said no more smoke sessions. You're not allowed to smoke them. You can uh, correctively train them. Right. And so okay. like there has to be an infraction. You can't just like arbitrarily drop them for shits and giggles. Right. Um, well, I'm asking so infraction. Like what's, what's the the? Sorry to keep interrupt, interrupting you. That's it's interesting. So what's the what's the threshold for infraction? Anything. And so I, that's, that that's, sounds like there's no change whatsoever. Yeah. Right. So there's there's a loophole. Right. There's always loopholes. And when you look at a platoon or a company of trainees, there's always something fucked up. Right. Yeah. You can yeah. walk out to you know, you know an active duty formation and find pockets undone, boots laced wrong, fucking shirts not tucked in, people not wearing belts, people yeah. wearing white socks. So it's easy to find infractions. So it's very very easy. So then what they did is they said, okay, well if you're gonna drop them, if you're gonna do corrective action, you have to have this memo that has these ten or twelve different exercises. And based on the phase you're in, we'll tell you how many repetitions of each exercise you can do. And you have to do them in order and you have to have that memo in hand. If any one of those things is not true, then you as the drill sergeant are in trouble. Wow. Yeah. So, and then, so it would be like, let's say I drop you uh, for not having a fucking belt. I'm only allowed to make you do five or 10 repetitions of whatever exercise. But that doesn't mean that like when I tell you to get back up, my buddy, hey, where's your fucking belt? Mm-hmm. You know go. what I'm saying? And then yeah. repeat the process. Okay. And you can, is, the, is the rep, um, is there a certain time limit on the rep? Like you could do like one rep mm-hmm. takes five minutes? 
Yeah, when you got out, we were doing a standardized PT, SPT, right? Yeah. So it's 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 in, now it's called PRT. Um, <clears throat> SPT and PRT both tell you the pace. The, it's a moderate pace or a fast pace, so you have to be at that pace. So no, no more perfect push up, right? Yeah. Where you go down slowly and come back up slowly. But another loophole to that is, um, so you can't, you can't, I can't make a trainee do push ups for fucking shits and giggles, right? Well, that's how it was back then. But that doesn't mean that I can't teach them uh, IMT and buddy carries, and that doesn't mean that I can't take them out into a field. And make them do buddy carries back and forth, back and forth, or IMT back and forth, back and forth, because IMT uh, individual movement technique. Uh, so oh, like high crawl, low crawl, three five second rush. You've got uh, all these acronyms like super fresh in your brain, dude. And it's been thirteen years. Since <laughs> I was in special operations, so right, yeah. Um, but so I can take them out and I can do these things, but they're that's that's training, right? I'm not correctively yeah. training. Mm. I'm just training them. We're getting better at buddy carries. We're getting better at IMT, yeah. right? Because future training events will involve those things. And so I actually got approached by uh, the brigade sergeant major down at Fort Sill. And he was like, Hey, drill sergeant, what's going on? He's like, Oh, we're still here doing buddy carries and IMT. He's like, Oh, you sure you're not smoking them? Are, are you? And I was like, Oh no, sorry, major. No, absolutely not. Uh, we're because we have X, Y, Z coming up soon. And so these, we're just getting them prepared, more proficient at these tasks. So like, oh, okay, that's good. Good training. Good training. You got water out here for him. So Roger, that's our major right over there in the, the water can. I got one down there and I got one over there. He's like, okay. You kind of stood there for a second, looked around. I was like, all right, uh, keep it up. I was like, Roger, that's our major. Uh, Carried on with life. I was, I was smoking them. They, they pissed me the fuck off. What about like, so do you see the piece of paper in my hand? I'm not. <laughs> it's such a this? weird, like, circuitous pack of bullshit that you have to put together in order to do the same thing, right? Like, it just, like, it's an interesting solution to the new problem. But at the end of the day, it's still, I'm just still smoking the dog shit out of them. So it's yeah. like, he's over there making sure that you're smoking the dog shit out of them in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good well, on so you guys to figure that out. Right. Like, uh, not really like to figure it out, but it's good that you guys still figured out a way to keep them sharp because I don't <clears> think <throat> shit was going to get happen with a couple repetitions of pushups. Yeah, like, well, on, and you definitely have to be creative. So yeah. in, in 2017, I was there at Leonardwood, um, in the, in P brigade. And now their rules were a lot more strict. Um, you will not interrupt their sleep at all. Um, aside from fire guard, you will not be in the building, when um they're when lights out uh, unless you're on uh, cq uh you will not cuss at them um what yeah they said no cussing uh <laughs> it, it was it was a whole thing it was it was a whole thing and um it's a doggone freaking up in that barracks yeah no, exactly exactly and it, i cannot i i cannot i can mm, i tried i really did i tried for the longest to be like dog dag uh, fuck <laughs> you know what I, mean? I just can't do it yeah. I think it's important um, for you to have like a good like repertoire with these fucking with the cadets, right? Repertoire is that the right word? The wrong word, or whatever. Report. The, yeah, there you go. Right, rapport <laughs> with these cadets. I'm all fucked up. Uh, yeah, because like at any moment they can take something the wrong way and run with it to the fucking first sergeant. So like it's yeah. really important for you to be like cool with these people, even though you're still trying to train them the right way. That's so that's <clears> a lot <throat> of fucking shit to deal with there. That's so yeah. crazy, man. It's like we're gonna talk to the fucking first sergeant when I was in basic. We had this, oh man, the, everything you're saying, like my mind is completely exploded right now. Just from like that data down on like, yeah. Well, so this last year I went up and, um, I was in an infantry battalion at Fort Leonard Wood and night and day. So the Sergeant major, the battalion Sergeant major had, uh, been, uh, he was the, the morels platoon sergeant at RTB and Ranger training brigade down at Benning. So he had, he had been uh, working with op four 
uh, training rangers. And then the battalion commander was former fifth group. Um, so these guys were all about training. These guys were all about the suck mm-hmm. and man, like night and day. Now we still stayed within regs as far as what we were allowed to do and everything, but we definitely, those trainees definitely got the full effect of it to me reminded me more of my basic training. Yeah. Um, obviously we didn't, we didn't dick with the sleep because that's, that's a hard no, right? Like seven hours, you're going to get that. Like, this is the lights out. If this is lights out, this is, this is, you know, wake up seven hours later or whatever the math, how the math worked out. Um, but everything else in the waking hours, it was, it was a different story. There was a lot of 11 Bravo drill sergeants in that, in that formation and they let it be known. So it definitely worked out. It was pretty cool. It was my last cycle. And so I'm, I, I definitely feel like it was full circle for me. Yeah. So pretty excited about that, but that's cool. yeah, it just kind of depends though, man. Like wherever you go in the army, um, it's, it's, a, it's a different world. The engineer battalions at Fort Linderwood, they, you know, they, they, they have a lot of 12 Bravos. It's, it's a combat MOS. Um, and so they, they kind of stick to, you know, combat basic training that the actual combat in BCT, they kind of stick to that. So a lot of these other softer MOSs, they didn't really do that. And then of mm-hmm. course for Jackson, they get, they get, they tend to get away with murder because they are where trade is. So trade doesn't look at their backyard a lot. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and that was the video that you saw of mine that led to you sending me the message. Uh, I made a mistake in like the first five seconds of it where I said regular army was under trade and so yeah. many people like it was an yeah, unintentional dude. engagement hack. Cause that thing's that got like 85,000 views now. And like, there's still people that are like trade offs. Not regular army. <laughs> I know. It's so fucking funny. Like just the, and I didn't even like the whole thing that I was trying to do that was like separate regular army and special ops to be like, they're different command structures, but the people just take like that one kernel. Mm-hmm. Like you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like I watched that video and I heard you say trade and I just kind of rolled right over it. Cause I was like, I mean, yeah, he probably meant force com. And then, yeah. well, and then like 50 other story. people say force com. And then like, I put a comment in there. Like I got it guys. I even made a video where I was like, you were right. It's force com and not trade off. Even yeah. though in the beginning I kind of mm-hmm. trolled a little bit, um, but it's critics, so funny man. when to, to completely pivot to an entirely different subject. It's really funny when like watching TikTok videos, I'll see stuff about like how people will intentionally put mistakes into their videos. It'll do like little engagement hacks. Oh. That's bullshit. That doesn't work. And then I accidentally do one. And I'm like, Holy fuck right there. Look at it. Wow. That's what we got to do. I mean, What's yeah. the what's the saying? Uh, no publicity is bad publicity, or bad publicity is good. I don't know how, how the fuck it goes, Tyree. The, publicity is good publicity. Yeah, there yeah. You go. I mean, you know, tell that to Cosby. I mean, he's still. I, I heard he's going on a comedy tour that not this year. <laughs> he's doing, doing like a jail tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to go to go go around different uh, cell blocks. They got lots of pudding in there, so you know. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, it, it's really funny. So uh, we recorded with. Um, um, uh, uh, one of the one of the female army rangers, major major Sydney Jacks, last night, okay. and uh, she was in, she's the the, the first tabbed and scrolled uh, ranger in seventy fifth regiment, and so we talked a little bit about that too, like all the hate that she gets oh, just for God. just for existing, yeah, yeah, and um, so you you, you think like you make one tiny mistake in, in one of your videos and you say trade off instead of force com, and then like just the hate that rolls in, and now all these people are fucking trying to troll you, I'm like this guy's not fucking legit, blah blah blah. I mean, she gets a lot of that shit too, so it just kind of reminded me of that, but like. You know, it really does kind of take something like that um, to like it's 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 a weird fine line, right? Like, 
you say something fucked up, you get canceled or say something kind of fucked up and you blow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and to be fair, like no one said I was an idiot. They just like, they corrected me. And I'm sure that she gets like way, way worse stuff than I would ever get for making a stupid mistake on a, on a video, just from like the dudes. Like, you know, like, Ranger, yeah, oh, man. Yes. Oh yeah. No, she gets a ton of hate. Um, so, so life in the one sixtieth though. So like how long were your deployments? Like, were they Depends. still the same? Depends on, I mean, they were, they were not a year. So it was like a, it was like a 30 to 90 day type thing, uh, depending on how long you were in. So if you were a new Jack, you were doing like a 90 day deployment. You do a couple of those back to back and then you get down to like a 60, uh, like a 45. Um, I think they were like in 15 day increments, just kind of depending on how the scheduling worked out. So like, um, yeah, it basically just, it was however many times the old guys wanted to go, they would do like a 30 day. And then we would just kind of fill in everything else around that, like scaling up from the people who were newer all the way to like the, the shitheads like me. Like I was only in for like two years, um, but two years was enough for me to get the fuck out because I did three deployments. Uh, and then like the rest of the time I was training. Yeah. I'd imagine that the tempo is like insane. I mean, yeah. you, you hear about like special operations when they go over and, you know, they, 98 deployments or five months or however the fuck long it is, but you're like, Oh, it's, that's not a deployment. It's super short. I mean, you hear about like the, the Ranger regiments going over for a short bit and like, Oh my God, that's not a deployment. You're only there for three months. Yeah. But they're like constantly out doing yeah. something. Uh, the one sixty, yeah. you guys are constantly out doing those things. I mean, it was usually like a mission a night, sometimes two, like one to two was normal. But I mean, there was days where we did four, three, like, and I mean, it's, and every single one is just like balls to the wall. Like you could, it could go South real easy. Uh, like we're in Afghanistan. My bird got shot four times in a month. Dang. So I mean, like it's, it can get sketchy out there real quick. Yeah. We, what was it? When I was coming back from R and R, I think, or when we went to R and I, I know that the, the, they flew us out of Iraq and the C one thirty, and then did the combat takeoff and the combat landing. That was wild. Yeah. Um, what were you a crew chief on? I was a crew chief on uh, MH sixties. So it's Blackhawks. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's that's got to be fun, though, man. Dude, I like I. It's a visceral memory of the first time taking off from uh, the thing called a compass rose, uh, painted on most uh, like flight lines or runways, where it shows like degrees and whatever. And I can remember like taking off from that, the feeling of taking off, and then seeing like the compass rose go away, like the very first time it happened, and just being like, "Fuck!" <laughs> was but, that your first time in a helicopter, though? Like, I mean, it wasn't the first time in a helicopter. It was the first time taking off. So I mean, like you when you go through like the flight training, like as far as like in a helicopter uh, at all. Yes. Like I hadn't been in like a one in like civilian life or anything like that. Um, but the crew chief training, you start off on the ground. Like they do like the basic, like here's how you do the daily inspection uh, again, even though you were already doing it for like fucking years in the school and then in maintenance in the 160th. Um, but then you do like, you sit in the chairs for a while, you do a bunch of other shit and then you start doing like taxis, uh, and then you start doing like actual flights and like the first flight is the thing that I can remember extremely well. It's gonna be wild, man. And I've always heard like the one sixtieth guys, like those dudes, the dudes that fly those things are like the batshit crazy pilots of the army. Yeah. Um, yeah. we recorded with my uncle, uh, he was a army aviation and, um, and he talked about the difference between just your, you're running the mill pilot, your, um, test pilot 
and then your instructor pilots. Yeah. And he said, you know, he talked about like, who would you rather be up in the air with, you know, a regular pilot, instructor pilot or a test pilot. And in my mind, I was like, probably a test pilot because that sounds more fun. Right. Uh, and uh, like a regular pilot, they're going to go out and do things. Uh, instructor pilot, you know, they're, they're, you know, I, I just imagine like uh, the little magnet on the back of the bird that says new driver, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Proceed with caution or whatever the shit it says. And, and then the, the test pilot, you know, and that's what he did in the latter part of his career is like, in my understanding of the test pilot was like, Hey, this bird had issues. We got to take it up, make sure it's all operational on the ground. It's operational. It, it, it checks all the boxes, but we need it in the air to see if it, continues to check all the boxes and and so then you take it up and you never know under those pressures or those stresses like is that bird going to continue to check all the boxes while you're, you're in the air and then to me that just seemed more fun and uh and so I, in my mind i'm like the way it was always explained to me like the 160th pilots are these test pilots but like to an extreme they're like it was explained to me like hey I wonder if a Black Hawk can do a loop-de-loop barrel roll under the Golden Gate Bridge uh, while the pilots are blindfolded. And the guys are like, fuck it, let's try. Well, I mean, we never did that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the guys like, so the way that it was usually set up is you have two pilots in a Black Hawk. And one of them is usually like an old grizzled dude who's the pilot in command. And then there's somebody who's a little bit younger who is uh, the secondary pilot. And, you know, we would do a ton of different types of missions. Like you, you have your brownout conditions where you're, you're landing into dust and that's kind of like the easiest of the things where you're counting the guys down. You'll have like rope missions where you're flying in and they drop the ropes out and people go out and you have to keep the, the bird kind of steady. You have one wheels where you're putting a single wheel on like a building uh, and you have to keep that there and have to keep the tail, you know, not going crazy. And then you have like shipboard stuff, which is its own fucking craziness because you're landing on a ship in the sea um, mm. and funny, well, it, it was fucking hilarious to me cause I didn't know it existed, but they have like, when you land on a ship and you get fuel, uh, on a Navy ship, there's a dude there that looks like a disco fireman. So he's got like all like this firefighter shit on, but all of it's super reflective. And he just like runs up to your bird and starts filling the thing up. Like I, I didn't know this guy was coming and I saw him the first time. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, there's a ton of different things that they have to do. There's like, uh, fuck, I can't even remember all of them. There's a bunch of like over water stuff that we had to do every year to remain like qualified. Um, so we would go out to these places and, and do over water ops. And one of them was landing on the ship, but other ones were like landing on these like crazy platform things, but at a certain like speed and like you get up uh, and land, like I'm doing an awful job of explaining it, but like there's a lot of crazy shit that those guys do and they do it again and again and again. And that's why, we would take the operators in because the pilots were crazy. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you guys kind of brushed across and I wanted to talk, ask some questions. Your birds got hit four different times. Yeah. Small arms. What was that like? I mean, we've all been shot at before. I mean, like we've all been shot at before from in vehicles or on the ground or whatever, but that's a little bit different when you're in the air. Like, what is that feeling? Like, uh, so I know it's panic, but like, oof. I'll tell you three times that I remember. And then one of them uh, that we kind of found when we, we landed in the staging area. So one time we were like, we were up high um, because we were supporting somebody that was doing a mission that was a ways away. Cause sometimes we drop guys in a ways off cause they want to do it quiet. Mm -hmm. um, so we're up in the air and then like 
I start like seeing little pops on the ground and then a bullet flies in between my legs and it hits the augs, uh, the auxiliary fuel tank, which is like behind me is this giant fucking tank full of fuel. Um, and that was really scary because we were super high up and I'm like, we're getting fucking shot. Uh, so the, we displaced pretty quick. Um, most of the time you want to be like, you want to be low and fast. You want to be a nap of the earth so nobody can hit you. Yeah. Um, so that's one time that happened. Another time it was with, it was in that same deployment, but we were doing like, we were like medium and kind of fast flying, supporting this mission that we were already like close in on. Um, and like, they wanted me to be outside of the door looking for somebody. Cause there was like, there was, when you hit a target, sometimes people just kind of fucking, uh, and leave the target. So depending on the mission set, you either are killing them or capturing them. And if you're not killing them immediately, you kind of have to track them. So like, they want to be outside the door tracking this guy. So I open up the door and then just like kind of immediately, it's just like pink, 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 pink all around me in the door. I'm like, fuck that. Uh, so yeah, that was the second time. The third time we were actually getting people from a hot LZ. So like we had landed and we had people coming in on the sides and we were starting to get fire, like in the top of the bird, we're like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Um, but that one, we couldn't really even see anybody. We had to sit there because we were already like, committed to getting the guys. So we weren't going to like take off and then come back in again. Uh, and then the fourth time we actually took a round through uh, one of the drive shafts for the engine, but we didn't even see it until we landed at the staging area. Um, and usually like, you get out and you look around the bird to make sure that everything's good. And we're like, what the fuck is this? And it was just like dead center through uh, the drive shaft. Wow. What uh, does the drive shaft do? Uh, what do you think it does? It, it drives shafts. There you go. <laughs> okay, so you got your fucking you got a turbine engine that is imparting energy to a drive shaft that then twists the rotor, right? Mm. So the drive shaft drives the rotor. You got two different engines, uh, one on each side, but it was like one of the sides. It just had a, a fucking bullet hole straight through the drive shaft. I don't know how you did it, man. That alone, I like. I, I'm cool with flying. Like we went on a couple Black Hawk missions in Kosovo where they tried to scare the shit out of us and they were successful. Yeah. So that made me never, yeah, maybe never want to fuck around with a helicopter. So let alone fucking getting shot up inside of one. I saw Black Hawk down. Hell no. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are the, like one sixtieth was was Black Hawk down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Serpent. Yeah. Yeah. So I so I've always thought, uh, and the the just the the creation of the one sixtieth back in what was it the the early eighties when they yeah. attempted to not the one sixtieth but. Uh, was our CAG early CAG right? They were going out to 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 the was it like the Hosky rescue rescue Beirut or something like that, and mm-hmm. they had regular army pilots, and the pilots we got briefed before they're about to take off, and they're like, "You want us to do what? No, <laughs> fuck no." Yeah. And so the whole thing was a wash, and then apparently they they tried to take off, something malfunctioned on one of the birds, crashed into a C one thirty that had a fuel blivet in there, whole thing went up, people died, and then. Big Army was like, you know what? We need pilots who are better than that. Like these guys are okay. (laughs) We need better ones. Yeah. And so 160th was born. And um, fuck, I can just imagine, dude. Like, so Tyree was scared of shit on the Black Hawk in Kosovo. So they they flew us out for probably 30 minutes, Napoli, whatever. And in the Balkans, which is a roller coaster like to the max, it was amazing. I loved it. I don't even really care for roller coasters, but like. That shit was just amazing. One guy lost his lucky charms. Um, the other guy received his lucky charms. Mm-hmm. Um, all over his face. So that was good. Um, doors were open. 
and we're just like banking and dropping and elevating and, and it was just fucking exciting. Yeah. And ever since then I was like, I would absolutely love to be uh, a crew chief, a pilot, something. I had the opportunity a couple of years ago, there's a, a an army reserve aviation unit looking for crew chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I um submitted my name. <clears throat> they flew they flew a mission for us at the best warrior competition a couple of years ago. And uh, so that's how we got in link with them. And I submitted my name to it and I, w- I went through the process. Um, but then the deployment they were going on coincided with something else that I had going on in my personal world and it just wasn't going to work. So definitely one of my, uh, uh, another thing to add to my regrets list. Cause fuck, that would have been a badass. Yeah. Our gunnery was nuts. So I mean, there's, there's oh, two man. configurations where, uh, that the birds will fly in and you know, it's the, <clears throat> the miniguns are fixed forward along with all the armaments of the Apache or the miniguns are free and the crew chiefs are the ones shooting them. But when they're fixed forward, there's kind of a pattern that you get into uh, a firing pattern so that everybody can, uh, can keep each other covered. And there's a part in it where you're breaking and pulling, I don't even know how many G's, but wherever you're at in that bird, that's where you're at. You're not moving like that. That's all that's happening. Um, and a lot of times the miniguns would jam. So they're these belt fed six barrel, um, the M134s, I think Wikipedia says two to 6,000 rounds, but I remember two to four, so we might have had different feeders. But either either way, 2,000 rounds per minute is a lot of rounds to be putting uh, downrange. And those guns would jam all the fucking time. And if they jam in flight or in gunnery, like, fruit chiefs got to go out and fix them, dude. So you're out there, and it's you're flying 175, 180 miles per hour ground speed, trying to pull this gun apart, feed the ammo back into it, put the fucking thing back together clear it, get it going so that they can fire it again. And like, you want to talk about shit that's gnarly, like besides getting shot at, have a gun jam in combat. Like that is fucking the worst. Oh man. It takes a special breed, man. You guys are special motherfuckers to be doing that. Cause it ain't me. <laughs> it ain't me, man. Hands yeah, off to you. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was, are you, are you sitting right now? Are you sitting on your own balls? Cause they, they're going to be massive dude. Like, is it like that episode of fucking South park where he has to walk around with his balls in a, in a wheelchair, I mean, a wheelchair, but a wheelbarrow. God damn. I think that we like, we were definitely like the shit we did was cool and it was hard and it was scary, but we weren't on the ground. And we were like, like I said before, like we had so many more, so much more armament than anybody that we were going up against. As long as we weren't stupid and flying low and or flying high and uh, slow, mm-hmm. we were just we we're just wrecking shop. We were just absolutely destroying these guys. Yeah, but it's cool to be it's, on the ground. But like from from the gr- guys on the ground perspective, like up in the air is like the place to be, especially infantry dudes. I mean, tell me, yeah, you that's Kevin, why I like, fucking Fuck yeah, man! <laughs> I, you can't beat it. I, I would want to do I it. I'm bullshitting time. around and saying I wouldn't, but like that's like the dream job for anybody who who ever watched any kind of movie that had a helicopter in it, military-wise. Yeah, yeah. Firing that gun out of the back of the helicopter or even just trying to hit shit out of the back of a helicopter. Like We would like throw rocks at landmarks and stuff. And, like It's it's the dumbest, funnest thing that you'll ever do because you, you could be like – if you're 250 feet off the ground, you have to like, you have to lead it different than if you're like 5,000 feet off the ground. Like you drop a water bottle out of the back of a helicopter at 5,000 feet and you're just sitting there waiting for like a minute and a half. Just like, oh, I fucking hit. <laughs> it's just so stupid and cool. Um, so, you know, the, uh, oh my God, uh, full metal jacket. Yeah. The, 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 oh, you the, just lead them more. Yeah, 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 yeah. That made me think of that. Like, how do you kill women and children? Easy. 
You just don't lead them as much. <clears throat> Did you watch yeah. that the day or the night before you went to basic like everyone else? Again? Uh, did you watch Full Metal Jacket like everyone else before they went to basic training? Oh, the night no. before I did. You didn't? Kevin, no. didn't you? I mean, did when I, when I got got to actually like go in and take the test and everything, mm-hmm. I was stoned as fuck. And the recruiter called me and I was playing Medal of Honor, like the first one. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, your buddy, whatever, like down the road signed up to blow shit up. And I was like, fuck, that sounds rad. <laughs> nice. I didn't see the movie until I was in. I never yeah, saw. I don't it. remember the first time I saw the movie. No, yeah, I think a bunch of people we spoke to on the show like, didn't you? A watch lot of people it? did. Yeah. yeah, the night before. I know I did. It was funny. No, and I can tell you, like in the drill sergeant community, there's a lot of people out there that quote that, that movie, and it irks me. It's cringy as fuck, dude. Because how hard is it to be original? Definitely. Apparently, pretty hard for some. I mean, it's gold. gold. It's gold, yeah. man. You can't. Can't just leave gold laying there on the ground. You got to pick it up and know. use it. It's not gold. It's it's Vietnam era Marine Corps drill instructors. It's like, pewter, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Choke yourself. Yeah. No, man. Um, no, I've I've always wanted to do the helicopter things. I even now, like when I see them taking off or flying around, I just sit there and stare at them. Like yeah. I just lost all ability to move or communicate or think or whatever I'm just like a neanderthal staring oh my airplane um yeah. i just i just they're amazing to me they're so fucking fun and i would absolutely we went on a fucking year well that the best warrior competition we had the chinooks out there mm-hmm. first time being in a chinook and they flew with the, the ramp open and you know you see the crew chief sitting in the back and he's obviously tethered in and you know he's just feet dangling off the ramp of the thing i'm like that is so fucking cool man like i want to just sit there with my feet dangling out like we, I need to change my letters from 11 Bravo to 15 Tango. Give me the fuck over there. Like, this is ridiculous. Let me do that. Well, I, don't, I don't remember what or Chinook is like 15 something else. Yeah. I don't remember what it is. 15 you, uh, Chinook. You hadn't um, flown in a helicopter, uh, a Chinook before that? I thought we had one in, in Iraq at one point. Nah. No. No. Nah, I coming? never did. Oh, when we flew out of Samara, we mm-hmm. took a Chinook. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. I thought that shit was fucking nuts too. It was fucking uh you know, they yeah. scooted out of there real quick. That was fun. Good time. Yeah. yeah, I guess I I guess I did do that, but anyway, this was this was broad daylight and I guess it was more fun cuz I could see what was going on. I remember it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it is funner to fly during the day. I, yeah. I did enjoyed that more than the night so I mean because you got the heavy ass fucking nods on and you can't really see shit anyway. Um so it's like it's not as cool, but so you decided though to you decided to get out and because you're like the, the tempo is 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 not for my personal liking. So you were in for a total of what seven years, eight years? Seven and a half ish. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how they say in the army, like if you make it to ten, you might as well do another ten. Yeah. And uh I've always kind of disagreed with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> even though like I, that's pretty much why I'm still in the I mean, I, May will be 22 years and I'm trying to retire this year. Um, but, uh, I've kind of always disagreed with that just because like, I mean, sure. If you're active duty, maybe right. 10 more years, you get that pension, blah, blah, blah. You're 38 to 40 years old, et cetera. But you know, if, if you're not happy, if your quality of life is not where you want it to be, you don't get to do all the things that you want to do as a, as a person. I mean, you have yeah. to fully, especially in, in, in special operations, right? Like you have to devote your entire life to it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, 
Yeah, because like if I look at where I'm at now, like I have two degrees and a decade of experience in software engineering versus like I could have an even more fucked up body and get out and be maybe a, a mechanic somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You got to do what's so, right for you. Yeah, I mean, the whole reason, well, the whole reason I initially reclassed is because the FAA has an agreement with the Army that if you spend 30 months in like a subset of jobs, you basically can test out of the the technical school requirement to get an aircraft and power plant license, which is what you need to work on uh, civilian aircraft. Nice. So like, that was the whole thing. Like I was in to do that because I was going to get out as a scout and I was like, I don't have any fucking transferable skills in this shit. Uh, so like, that was the goal. And then I went into the 160th and I was like, it's pretty fucking cool. And then I was like, okay, this is enough. I'm out. Yeah. And then I was a mechanic for like six months and I was like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm going to go to school. Yeah. Kevin hit on something like uh, after the 10, 10 years, like I did 17 and I got out because it oh, was man. just, I was like, I was LAPD at the same time too. Um, okay. So like, I totally get like, Hey, if it's not good for you, you got to bounce and hopefully you got a good plan, but you got to go, you got to go and yeah. uh, do what's right for you. But man, well, and it's a little different for, for you and I, right? Cause we, you know, I'm reserves. You were, you reserved for the, for the bulk of that latter part of it. And, yeah. um, you know, when I retire this year, I'm not going to receive benefits until I'm like fucking 60. Yeah. I'm 40. That's what I said. Really? Fuck a bunch yeah. of that. Yeah, don't you, don't, you, don't, you don't get your benefits right away if you retire from the Reserve and Guard. Um, you have to wait until 60 minus active duty time accrued while in the Reserves. And I think it has to be deployments. So, like, I have, like, four years worth of, of mobilization and active duty time in the Reserves mm-hmm. for a total of eight federal years. But <clears throat> none of that counts because it's all stateside stuff. Right. So like, I'm not going to get my retirement until I'm like 60, 59, something like that. And it's a, it's an even uh, more, uh, it's a, it's, it's a reduced amount by comparison to active duty. So I, I, you know, my retirement is not going to be as much as like my active duty counterpart retiring at the same rank, um, the full 20. So it is what it is. I mean, you you, you can do your um, retirement calculator and determine like how much it's going to be. And it's, at this point, it's like twelve hundred dollars a month extra, huh. um, which is yeah. you know twelve hundred dollars. But yeah. when I'm fucking sixty, you know, yeah. well, I mean that's what I get right now because I'm at I'm at sixty percent disabled. I mean, you gotta up, uh, pump the numbers up, man. I know, right? <laughs> um, but that that's a big thing too. Um, I'm a huge advocate for the longest time, and and you you might have been this way. At, I think Tyree was at this this way for a while, but like for the longest time, I refused to even look at that. Hmm. Um, I refuse to admit that I was disabled because there are guys who are worse off than me, people missing legs, arms, you know, half their face blown off, all their face fucked up. And I'm like, I- I'm fine. I can, you know, I operate normally. I mean, I have a, some minor things here and there. Well, then I finally submit for it and then go through the whole process. And they're like, Hey, you're, you're actually disabled. So I'm 80%. Okay. There you go. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was never like that at all. I was like, they fucked me. I'm gonna get mine. Yeah. So when I got out, I claimed everything. And they did yeah. like a month long battery of tests. Yeah, and that's how it should be, honestly. I, I tell I tell trainees this now. Like when you join the army, you join um at hundred percent capability, right? You are one hundred percent able. When you leave the army, whether it's three years from now, four years from now, twenty years from now, you are not going to be at that hundred percent. Yeah. And um you're entitled to that compensation on the on the back end. So yeah. absolutely document everything. And yeah, I mean, the documentation is key. Yeah. yeah. New people, exactly. A lot of people, a lot of guys that are going through it right now, they don't have certain documentation for certain events that happen. 
uh, certain injuries, and it makes it yeah. extremely difficult. New people listening it makes it very hard for the freaking VA to get all the shit going for you, or for you to get all the shit going for them, really. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's one reason that I did it when I was getting out is because like I was still in enough that I could, if I needed anything, yeah, it's right uh, there. I had access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. Shit. Yeah. Anyway, guys, just uh, stay on top of your fucking paperwork because that's everything. That's your Seriously. whole that your yeah, body I mean, the, and your money there's still there's still ways to, uh, around that i mean i i have ratings for things that are not documented in the military but um through like buddy letters um mm. that that helps a lot um tremendously actually especially if you have people that you know knew you but like when it comes to like ptsd specifically uh, people that knew you before the military and after the military and like they can articulate the differences in your in your everything right how you act how you are that's a big deal but um, no, it's, it's really, really important to definitely document all that stuff. But, um, man, you ought to look at an increase though. I know like filing is such a daunting task, but I mean, there's third party companies out there that like they specialize in that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've always been sketched out by it because like, what if it comes back less? That's the thing that like I'm afraid of. Mm. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm actually in talks with one. Um, we actually just submitted my stuff earlier this month. And when I did my consult with them, you know, they, we would talk about like what I already have a claim on and we would talk about other things. They go head to toe inside and out. And, uh, there were some things that I, I didn't even think about and, um, uh, that didn't occur to me. And she was like, Oh no, that's absolutely a thing. And when it came to, cause I had that same question and she was like, well, <clears throat> it, it sounds to me like that rating is, is appropriate. So we're not going to, we're not going to reclaim it. Oh, so it's just the, the, you're claiming different things to get more rating in total. Yeah. Right. Or they'll look at your current ratings and say, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm reclaiming a few things because I was rated pretty low. Um, yeah. like, and, uh, and, and she was like, she's based on what you're telling me. Um, those ratings actually need to be at this percentage. So we're going to refile for those. Yeah. Um, and so, it, you know, like there's, so they, they, if they do their job correctly, they're not, they're not filing for things that could potentially like, bring your claim down. Yeah. That um, makes sense. But well, they have I, mean, a, I should, I should reclaim that because I'm only at 0% for my giant balls. <laughs> you shouldn't get a rating for that. Damn it. They're, they're too big. It's too um, big. Um, but no, that is a thing though. So like, and they, they, they have a the giant balls thing. Uh, yes. These nuts are too big. It's at least 10%. Yeah. They've been there, they listen yeah. for each. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you even walk? Like it's weird. Bowlegged, obviously. <laughs> it's dragging them along. Can you imagine yeah. the bottom part of your scrotum just calloused? Oh my I God. got wheels, wheels on them. A little cart, <laughs> a little red wagon. Yeah. <laughs> but no, man, uh, you should definitely look into them. I and their 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 uh, fee is kind of steep. It's five times the difference. So if you're at sixty and they get you to hundred, that that difference, you owe them five times that. But you think about how long it takes for the ratings to go through five to six months, and then you just hit yeah. it with the back pay, and you're good to go. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, it's a, like I said, I'm going through one. I can send you their, their contact stuff. And yeah, for sure. But cause I mean, and and, and you're right, dude, like you join the military and there's no way, there's no way you come out a hundred percent. Anybody that I know that did more than one enlistment is fucked up. Yeah. And the whole, like the crazy thing is that when, when these guys try and get you to join the army, they're like, here's all the benefits you're going to get. You're going to get all this cool shit. And then as soon as you get in, they try and guilt you to not take any of it or to not like leave the army ever. And you're like, what the fuck happened in between like steps one and two? Yeah. 
Well, and so, and, and we kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday. What do you think the army kind of prepared you when you were ETSing? Do you think they prepared you um, for that transition for civilian? No, no. <laughs> they're like two dumbass people who were like, you should get a resume builder. Like, cool. Fucking thanks, dude. Yeah. Uh, I had to do all the shit. Like I had to go and like, my whole thing was get my AMP license. So I had to go and I had to take this class. I had to go and do all the shit to like, actually get all of that done. Like nobody in the army helped me with any of that. I had to take leave to do that shit. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. So like, it's no, they don't, they have idiots who run workshops that teach you useless shit. Um, and they call that like, you know, transition training. Yeah. And it's always, I've noticed um, it's people currently in the military yeah. teaching you about this transition. Well, you've never done it. Yeah, but I know you're supposed to wear a suit everywhere. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's wild. Um so I mean I we left active duty in 05 and um man our tra- we had just got back from Iraq 3 months later uh ETS cuz uh yep. stop loss and stop movement was re- uh, was up and we finally were allowed to leave. And there was there was nothing. We didn't go to any of that stuff. There was no resume class. There was no how to find a job class. There was none of that shit. When we got back from Iraq, our fucking, um, uh, whatever they called it. Reintegration. Yeah. 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 So like all that was, was just a, a checkup on your medical shit, basically a yeah. ginormous PHA. And we talked to a social worker who said, uh, she asked the question, do you have PTSD? I was like, I don't even know what that is. And she's like, Oh, well, if you don't, ha- if you don't know what it is, you probably don't have it. Yeah. But if you do have it, any symptoms uh, should subside within eight weeks. And I was like, okay, cool. Right. And I'm yeah, you know, not knowing what it is, not knowing what the side effects or the, the, the symptoms of it are. Just sign know. this paper and you can be on your way. Yeah, exactly. And so when we cleared, you know, that's, it was, it was, there was no questions of that. Like, well, obviously we, we, you know, you had to clear medical and they go down there. It's like, do you want a physical? Sure. Uh, okay. You look fine. Okay, cool. And then you go and then you're home. Yeah, and then yeah. next thing you know, all of this shit just fucking rolls downhill and it's just, it's like, you're, what the fuck is happening to me right now? And you have no idea and there's no support. And this is the early beginnings of a, of GWAT. So nobody knows there's nobody to talk to. Yeah. And now you got to find a fucking job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I was lucky that, you know, when I got out, there was guys who I was friends with that got out like six months, a couple months before I did. So I got to see like the whole process they were going through. One of my buddies, Steve, like his back was so fucked up. Like he would be like laying on the ground when we were doing gunnery after like loading in missiles and ammo and stuff, just like in just the worst pain, getting like steroid shots every other day. Um, so he went through a lot of that stuff where he was getting like looked at and, and getting the ratings and stuff. So I knew, I knew what he did and I knew what I was, should do. So, I mean, like, I had like a sleep study done. I had like every, they had like a checklist. Do you have any of this? I'm like, yeah, I got fucking mumps. I got all of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, fucking keywords, yeah. sleep study, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Get it done. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Um, that one's super that weird, is- man. It's super weird. All hooked up trying to sleep you're all hooked up and you know somebody's like outside looking at you yeah it's creepy like how do you know they're not sneaking in there sniffing your butt while you're asleep i hope they are i I mean are they recording things like i have gas when i go to sleep so like i'm holding in farts trying to sleep and it doesn't fucking work (laughs) just let it lose man i mean i did eventually yeah yeah and i've never actually done a sleep study I, I, i don't want to um because of all of those things plus like you got all those like uh the things all over your head. Uh, yeah. 
Well, I mean, you got you, you wear like a cap that has a bunch of shit on it, and then you have like some that are on your body. Um, and I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't super bad. I mean, I would still like if people getting out think that they have sleep apnea, they should definitely do a fucking sleep study because my like CPAP machines and all that shit aren't cheap. Might save your life too. Yeah. Have you ever gotten um, what do they call that a uh, uh, heart stress test? Have you ever gotten one of those done? No. So they give you an injection, and all of a sudden your heart would just race like crazy. Like that doesn't sound ma- cool. At its maximum amount, yet yeah, it's fucking freaky, and then it goes back down, and they just measure your, your uh, ability for your heart to like re uh, regain regain its composure. I have high blood pressure, so that's the kind of shit I have to do. And uh, oh, I, mean, I have high blood pressure too. I take, uh, but I take like a super small amount of lisinopril. Okay. Like the lowest dose you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like I don't want to do that. Cause it's like, yeah. what if you're in the situation where your heart doesn't regain composure? Like, Oh fuck this guy failed. Exactly. Whoops. Yeah. That's what I, I'm like, I, I can run, I can go run. I can go, you know, jump over a wall and then come check me out and watch me chill out and I'll be good. Like, no, we have to do it this way. I'm like, all right, well, all right. Yeah, give you the speed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking take this line and get going. Did yeah. yeah, that doesn't sound scientific to me. It's what happened, man. Well, I mean, I paid it was a guy in a van, bucks. and it was an alligator. But he had like, <laughs> right a really cool shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing glasses, yeah. so he knew he was real. Yeah. I gave All I had to do was suck the medicine out of this tube. Yeah. <laughs> it's flesh-colored. Mm-hmm. Wow. And flavored. Jesus. Tastes like dick. Less, <laughs> anyway. Flesh-flavored, huh? <laughs> I'd know that taste anywhere. That got dark. Yes. Quick. Just quick. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Hey, so when you were uh, when you were a scout, did you ever walk around saying you were basically infantry? Uh, I said it before. As yeah. far as like the the mission set that we had in Iraq, like we weren't doing scout shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't say like we're fucking infantry. We're going on blah blah blah. Like I didn't do it as like a a point of valor. I did it as. Look at this bullshit we have to do. We're basically yeah. fucking infantry. Yeah. So it, it, we 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 were in Kosovo and we took a scout out on a mission and like he's in the, he's a, a Humvee with us and he's sitting there going on and on and on about how like the scouts are better than infantry. We're just a bunch of like fucking nerds and this and that and other and we're like shut the fuck up. But like you know, I, all these years later, you know, I'm in the reserve and I'm working with other MOSs and I'm hearing the stories that they had when they go down range, and I'm like, damn you did some shit too. And you, you start to learn that like, yeah, you might have 11 Bravo as your, as your primary MOS, but you know, there's 31 Bravos out there, 19 Deltas, fucking 13 Bravos out there, 13 Foxes out there doing shit that like fucking 92 Yankees in fucking convoys, fucking running and gunning. Like <laughs> MOS you know, don't matter when you're in a bad spot. Man. Yeah. MOS don't thing. matter if you're in a bad spot. Yeah, all that shit goes mm-hmm. out the window. That's when training kicks in. Hopefully, you got good training from that fucking school yeah. that you went to. Well, yeah, all those mechanics that came out to recover our vehicles, dude, they were coming out. Oh of my god, mm-hmm. bro! Like when that tank went down, our mechanics came out and fixed track and road wheel, like in sector. Um, yeah. The motor pool. We had a patrol base in town called PB Yuani, and the motor pool was nicknamed the mortar pool because it always took hits daily. Mortars yeah. and rockets. Well, that's also where the mechanics worked. We had one mechanic, um, dude. The freaking first ID, uh, sergeant major, the divisional sergeant major was out visiting, and he was uh checking out the motor pool and everything. And fucking, when you know it, fucking mortars come in, and he gets fucking shrapnel in the face. Um, uh, one of our mechanics took a huge chunk of shrapnel in his gut. 
um, right below his IBA because they have to be out there. That's the thing. They're out there in their body armor working on fucking Bradley's. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. No, nah, those guys were hard, man. I mean, I got pictures of us doing that shit, like putting on that reactive armor, changing track. Yeah. Like I get pictures of me and my fucking body armor and a t-shirt doing that yeah. nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah. That's fucking hardcore too. Yeah, no, so, it's, yeah, man, it's, a, it's we didn't it's, have helmets on though, which was funny. Like, <laughs> right. They're like soft caps and a fucking, and the vest. Sometimes the army just doesn't make sense. Most times. So would you say though, like, okay, so you, you did your seven and a half years, um, two different MOSs. You transition into civilian life. Life is better. Yeah. Like a, like a, like a thousand percent. I mean, because of the army or. Yeah, that's actually, uh, I, I like that. I, I like the idea of that question just because and I wasn't thinking until you said it. So it's your question. But anyway, um, do, I mean, do you think the army like got you to where you are? Do you think it played yeah, a role yeah, in that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I grew up in a trailer park, dude. So I, I came rough. Uh, so like the army, my, my time soldiering was born out of ambition to get the fuck out of where I was at. Uh, you know, and it propelled me and allowed me to do that stuff. And I got you know, bachelor's degree for free. I got my master's for uh, half price because I was a resident of Washington when I got a Purple Heart. Um, so, like, it, it set me up 100%. It made me a man, gave me discipline and all that shit. But it's like the Army gives with one hand, but it takes with two. So you just have to be smart enough to not get face-fucked Yeah. I mean, you'll get face fucked um, enough to know the taste of penis, but then you know, after that, you kind of you can forget about it. Either you dig it, or you fucking keep moving. <laughs> you know, hey, yeah. that's why people saying, or so I hear. Yeah, I, I, I no response. <clears throat> um, it is a love hate for sure, and retirement will be bittersweet for sure. But I kind of feel that same. You know that, like, uh, you, you know, you, you, when you're in the military, you have this this purpose, the sense of purpose, the the overall mission, right? And then you get out and you're like, well, what's my purpose? What's my thing? It sounds like you already had a, a game plan established long before you got out. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, I like it, it, at the age that I'm at right now, I mean, I'm 30, I'm going to be 38 in a couple weeks. Um, you don't need a fucking purpose, dude. Like I got out and I was like, I'm going to do all this cool shit. I'm going to be a fucking CTO of a tech company. Uh, and then like you work for a while and you're like, you know, I'd rather just make a good amount of money, get some land, get a house, have some fucking dogs, hang out with my wife. Like it doesn't need to be like this, like overarching purpose to the entirety of your life other than maybe just enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Motherfuckers need to enjoy life <clears throat> live it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big thing. You know, I, I watched, um, I watched the, the, podcast the joe rogan podcast with mike glover and that's one thing he was talking about is like you know he did all these years in special operations as a, as a green beret and then you get out and he's a cia contractor and life is fucking boring and a lot of these dudes that he worked with in the in group you know they get out and they don't have that same purpose the op tempo was much much slower and so then they kind of just lose track of everything and then they you know call it quits, right? They're, they're mm. taking their own lives yeah. because they, they're not establishing some kind of purpose. Um, but fuck man, you think like in certain types of jobs, especially like in special operations, like your purpose is, you know, that objective or training to hit that objective, um, you know, hard and fast and lethally. Um, and, and, and then you get out of the military and that objective is no longer a thing. And, uh, I think, and I think you kind of like, 
they all, you just kind of forget that like life is meant to, to live um, yeah. and, and, yeah. and your, your purpose is you don't have to have some kind of purpose that's like within that same realm. Um, I mean, you, you're working in a field very similar, I think, right. To yeah. what you did as a 15 tango. Yeah. But like, that's not your, I wouldn't, your job isn't your purpose. No. Right. And I mean, like when I got out, like I was, it's like, what's the hardest thing that I can do? I could be a fucking rocket scientist. So let's go get a degree in that. Uh, and then I go and I do that and I'm working software and these like really smart dudes are coming in talking about like all this theory that I don't know. I'm like, fuck it, man. I'm gonna get a master's uh, in rocket science. I'm gonna do that. Uh, and then I get that and I'm like, this is like, it's cool. Software is pretty cool, but like, I don't even want to write software anymore. I'd rather just be like a, a people manager and kind of just manage the projects that we do uh, and spend more time walking around at home, making stupid videos for TikTok. Like it just, yeah. that's nuts. people think they have to do so much stuff. And like, you spend so much time chasing, like, I think a lot of dudes that didn't do like the military or anything harder, like those are the guys that go out and run like fucking 50 ultra marathons or like they try and do like just all this like man shit to find their manliness. And like, you don't, you don't need to bro. Just drink a fucking daiquiri if you want to fuck. Yeah. You don't have to be a CEO right now. Immediately. You can work at McDonald's. You don't have to be a CEO ever. Yeah. You can just chill out. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah. I mean, and and it seems way less stressful too. You know, that's, that's the thing, man. When you're out there trying to like hustle and like build this like empire and become your own CEO or do this and do that and trying to live up to these standards that are like pushed on like social media, you know, um, you just kind of the, 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 the stress that comes along with that, like, yeah. you know, the, like what's the just, end game? Yeah. Where does it stop? Yeah. Where does it stop? That's one thing that I liked pressure. about your videos. That's one thing I liked about your videos though, is like you're sitting there in what I assume was your garage gym. Yeah. Telling these stories and you're just so like humble and nonchalant about them. Um, like, you know, like when you, when you told the story about like taking a shit on mission, like, uh, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's just like a fucking kid, man. <laughs> the dude that was, was not expecting that. Uh, when you were telling that story, it was like this fucking kid just sat there like eye to eye with you. Dude, he didn't fucking budge. It was the creepiest goddamn thing. Like, I mean, cause I can retell a, a bit of it. Like if, yeah, but anyway, so like, I'm on a raid. Uh, I have to take a shit. I drop down the side of the road and I, I find a tree and I start shitting and I look up like, and I'm already like, you're mid shit. You can't, you can't unshit a shit. You're just, you're, you're already there shitting. I look up and there's this fucking kid with his foot on a soccer ball, just dead eyeing me. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Come on, man. And he just stood there for like five, 10 minutes watching me shit. And I'm in, I just get my M4 at the low ready. I'm like, if this kid tries anything, like, I don't want to shoot a kid while I'm taking a shit, but I will shoot a kid while I'm taking a shit if he gets super weird about it. Uh, and, like, I just got out of there as fast as I could. I don't even know if I told anybody about it until, like, after we had gotten out of there. I was like, that was so weird. Imagine, imagine, like, you being the only guy with a confirmed kill while taking a shit. <laughs> or also, imagine being that kid and some dude with a gun drops <laughs> in your backyard and starts shitting. <laughs> he was watching That's with enjoyment. That's my fucking tree. He was cool he's, with it at like, first, what, but what? once the gun came up, he's like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah. Keep watching, I guess, and pull this out. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Like, it's so it's just so weird on both sides, like, and a lot of stuff that happens. A lot of, like, just weird cultural stuff that happened in Iraq. Like, I was not even... 
you don't even expect it. I mean, even like the cultural stuff in the army, like that's what I think the strength of the army is. It's like this cultural, like uh, equalizer where a lot of dudes that get born or raised rough in like different areas are like all brought together. Like all my buddies, when I was uh, a scout, like I grew up in a town where there's like one black guy and he played basketball. So that's what I fucking knew. And then I get to um, my unit and it's like a million different black dudes from a million different places. Like, Dudes from Chicago, dudes from Mississippi, and they're all like completely fucking different. Or dudes from like Mexico, or just all over the place. And you're like, these guys are the same exact thing that I am, uh, and it it teaches you a lot about humanity. Mm. Um, and it gives you people to tell stories about when a kid wants you to take a shit. <laughs> no, dude, absolutely, my man, my um, so when I first met Tyree, or like early on, right, Brandon, he was newer to the unit. I've been there for six months. And I was talking to some of the other dudes in the platoon about system of a down playing in fucking Paris. Yeah. We were stationed yeah. in Germany, right? And we're like, dude, fucking system playing in Paris. And he's walking by Tyree is, and he's like, did you say system of a down? I'm like, just kind of like in disbelief that this black guy from Inglewood knows system of a down. Mm. I'm like, hey, you, what do you know about system of a down? He's like, shut the fuck up. I don't listen to like, like NWA every day. You do know what I mean? Um, <laughs> like I'm not blasting Jay Z only. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's it, it just like because I'm from small town Arkansas, and yeah. you know we same thing. We had black guys in school, and they played sports, and they listened to gangster rap, and 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 yeah. in the '90s, and that's that's what I knew. And so when I first found out that Tyree's from Inglewood, I'm like, from the songs, that's yeah. a place, it's real. Did you know <laughs> Snoop? Did you know Dre? You know and did you go to the cookouts? <laughs> yes. Like this I fucking mean, guy. Did here, you have a man. low rider? Like, yes, I had all that for sure. Yeah. They're my homies. Yeah. No, I just, I was, now, I was completely now, floored. Put uh, on that, that Conway typical... Twitty. Uh huh. I said, now put on that Conway Twitty. I could, yeah, t- I could right. tell when, when we were talking, man, like the fucking a little bit of smoke puffed out of your ears. Like, what? I'm like, man, no, man, this fucking good music. And if you don't like good music, there's something wrong with you. So there you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, my buddy Sean, uh, when I was at Fort Hood, one of my best friends was, he played like tight end at uh, Maryland. At least that's what he told us. I never double checked that shit. But like, I thought that I knew rap music, but he introduced me like old ass Tupac, like a bunch of old like soul music. And I was like, this is fucking sick. It is just, it's, it's the greatest thing about the army is that culturally you get exposed to so much shit that you wouldn't get exposed to uh, if you hadn't joined like fucking mariachi music and dudes cooking tacos on hot plates in their barracks room. Like, yeah. Yeah, man. It's the shit. Yeah, man. So that's, that's why I say like, it's, it's definitely a love hate because, because of that, like I am definitely a better person because of the military, but there are definitely things about the military that I just don't wish on other people. So, yeah. you know, it's the good with the bad kind of thing. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, Tyree, what do you think? I think it's time to close this one out, man. This was an awesome show, and oh shit, it has been. Yeah, it's been going on. That's kind of flown. That's kind of flown by. It always does, man. I want to thank <laughs> you so much for coming on. Um, it's hey, thanks for having me, guys. Oh Fucking yeah, Matt Striker. That's right. That is a badass name, man. Fucking jealous. That's sick. It wouldn't sick. Be even cool if it was Batman. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I that's that would come on, Batman. Matt, we were Matt actually Batman. going. We were like, uh, Thrash was kind of the leader for a while, um, but then 
my wife was like her own like design company and she was like thrash design doesn't sound exactly like a great design company but like striker or striking <laughs> design would be good uh, so we settled on that all right uh before- I, had a, I worked with lieutenant thrash he was a drill sergeant thrash at one point so that's kind of rad but anyway before we let you go, you have anything anything to uh, anybody give a shout out to any any last messages or anything? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, if you like the stories, I have like I said, I got like thirty five in the backlog. I put it out like one yeah. or two a week. What is your social? what's your tic- yeah? What's your socials? Uh, so everything is Matt Boo Do Lift though. So it's M A T T B U underscore D O underscore L I F T underscore T H O. Because initially I was going to do fitness stuff, and then I just started telling these stupid fucking stories. I like actually, I, I enjoy both aspects of that because I mean, you, you do have some on there, but like, yeah, like I, we're gonna we're gonna obviously tag all your stuff in there anyway, and all of our posts and everything in the description, so it'll be easy for people to find you. But uh, do great fucking yeah, hearing some of these stories from you in, in real time. Um, uh, fuck yeah, man! I hope your account grows, man. Because like I said, you're a great storyteller, and um, and you have some pretty funny, pretty funny fucking stories. Thanks, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'll close this out and turn everyone down. Thank you for listening to Before I Forget. Please like, listen, share, subscribe, watch. Share with your friends. Subscribe. Thank you, Mr. Matt Stryker, for coming on. Badass stories, man. Some awesome shit. Like, uh, now I wish I had fucking tried to figure out how to fly stuff and not be such a pussy. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Before I Forget. Y'all have a good one.